Thank you, Shine. And they did indeed get it right. It is about Jesus. And so remembering that and having that echo in our ears, let us come to the gospel reading for today. In the gospel of Luke chapter 2, starting in the 15th verse, I invite you to stand as you're able. When the angels went away from them and into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. So what did you get for Christmas? As you opened up those presents, and I hope you were blessed with gifts this year, we remember, all of us remember, that those gifts symbolize something bigger. A gift that all of us received, whether we opened a package or not. And that gift, of course, is revealed to us in God's Word, the Jesus Memo, as Shine shared with us this morning the promise that Christ has come to redeem us and save us. And as we heard last week, that name, Jesus, which means Yahweh saves, that God Himself saves us. It's the gift at Christmas. And unlike other gifts that sometimes we leave on the shelf or worse yet, return or like New Year's resolutions that are forgotten, we are invited to receive this gift and live it out every day. But unlike the heir of the church in Galatia that we heard read this morning, who tried to live out the gift by adding a little something to it. It's as if they'd been given this gift and then, could you imagine being given a gift and then you pull out your wallet to say, well, well, can I pay for that? How offensive would that be? Well, that's just what the church in Galatia did when they tried to add to the gift with their works of the law. But what we hear in chapter 3, verse 27, for as many of you were baptized into Christ have now put on Christ. We are no longer under the law, but now by putting on Christ, receiving the gift of grace. This gift of grace comes from Jesus alone. And this gift of grace that Jesus gives is not by our own doing or our works or our good things, but by the good things that Christ himself has done. This is the gift at Christmas. The Jesus memo is the Word made flesh. The Jesus memo is this gift. The Jesus memo is written on our hearts now by the Holy Spirit. 
The Jesus memo is God with us and God at work in us and God at work through us. And the Jesus memo, this promise, this gift is costly. Costly not to us, but to Christ who came from the manger to the cross. And sometimes it's hard for us to count the cost and understand just what it is that Christ has done. One day at an assembly line on the Ford Motor Plant, not long after the auto industry had begun, none of Ford's workers could fix it. So they called in his famous designer, Steinmetz, and he tinkered for a few minutes, threw a switch, and it started running. Ford, a few days later, received a bill from Steinmetz for $10,000. Ford wrote back, Charlie, don't you think for a few minutes of tinkering, $10,000 is a little too steep? So Steinman sent back a revised bill. Tinkering, $10. Knowing where to tinker, $9,990. You see, only Jesus knows where the tinkering should be done in our lives. And he paid the highest cost to do that. The greatest cost with his own life. Christ always knows where to turn that screw and which belt to loosen and which is the most beneficial octane. He knows just what we need. Or to use the analogy from the Scriptures today to put on Christ. He knows what we need to hem and fix and cut and tinker with to get just the right fit as we put on Christ. For this new year, I'm inviting you to receive this precious gift of grace. God Himself is inviting you. He's challenging you to let go of sin to let go of being in control and to let His gift transform you. You see, in Galatians, Paul wrote passionately about the Gospel because he was so deeply disappointed with the church there in Galatia. They had attempted to return the gift and do it themselves. And that is impossible. We need to put on these new gifts at Christmas, that new clothing, and that new clothing is Christ. Luther said that according to each Christian, we continue to experience in his heart times of the law and times of the gospel. In other words, sometimes the law convicts us of our sins. And other times we feel that grace. The times of the law, he writes, are discernible by a heaviness on our heart by a sense of our sin, a feeling of despair brought on by the law. But it doesn't end there. Christ came to redeem us, and so we have times of the gospel. And yes, while we live in this life, sin will meddle with us, we will fall short, and we will fail, and we need to come again and anew every day, every morning, to this gift of grace. The time of grace, Luther writes, returns when our heart is enlivened by the promise of God's mercy. 
Have you noticed how people have seemed to personify the year 2016? Whether it's in social media or in conversation, or whether it's because of the grief in their own lives or the grief over celebrities who we've come to love on a screen or a stage or in our earbuds. But can I tell you the truth for a moment? All the brokenness, all the death, all the despair, and all the joy that happened in 2016, it'll all be part of 2017. The only thing that can make this year new is Christ Himself. It's not your New Year's resolution. It's not your new promises. It's Christ's promise in you. Christ's promise in you. This, of course, is not to say that your good choices, whether to lose weight or study more or Netflix less, or better yet, read the Word more, won't bring about important changes in your life. But all of these changes are under the law. To experience a truly new year, one must return to this gift. Return by repenting, that is for sure. But we return as we repent by receiving. Luther would go on to write, with this change of garment that we put on as a new birth, a new life stirs in us. New affections towards God spring up in our hearts as we put on this gift. New determinations even affect our will by this grace. All this is to put on Christ according to the gospel. Needless to say, he writes, when we have put on the robe of righteousness of Christ, notice it's not my righteousness or yours, but Christ's. We must not forget to also put on the mantle of imitating Christ. And so our actions are indeed affected by this Jesus memo. As we open up this gift of grace, he comes to us, as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, in Christ, the old has passed away, he writes, and behold, the new has come. We have a new identity in Christ In our baptism, we are given a new identity. And while that old identity troubles us and meddles with us, we're called to no longer live like that old identity, but to put on Christ and live like it. One commentator likened our transformation to a royal transformation. Not unlike that royal wedding many of us were transfixed by a few years back when Kate Middleton went from being Kate Middleton to Princess Kate Middleton. You and I have a royalty as well. As Kate was incorporated into the royal family and given a new identity, you and I are incorporated into Christ. As we're incorporated in Christ, we're incorporated into the King of Kings made children of God. A new identity. This faith comes to us by the power of the Holy Spirit, revealed to us in His Word, and sealed with the promise of our baptism. And we can taste and see that the Lord is good, that His grace is real as we come to this table today. 
This table of grace, if you are broken, if you are sinful, if you are hurting, if life is out of control, come to this table of grace and be redeemed. And then put on that robe, that new robe, that new identity, Christ's righteousness, and live anew. Are you in need of a New Year's resolution that will truly make you new? Then it's time for a good old-fashioned altar call. (laughs) Come to Jesus. Shine was right. It's about Jesus. Not baptized yet? Then come to the table. Talk to a pastor. Talk to an ambassador. Let's get it scheduled. Let's bring you to the waters of these promise. This grace that Jesus has made possible. Are doubts overwhelming you? Then look at Jesus. His very presence split split our calendar into two. The transformation of lives and societies from his work on the cross remind us that his promise is real. His history-making act of rising from the dead comes to us by a gift of faith, but also we can use our gift of reason to see that there's testimonies that proclaim the truth, the historical truth of this promise. Talk to someone sitting next to you or another dear friend or Christian or come to a Bible study or talk to a pastor about those doubts. Don't let another day go by. Let Christ and his promise redeem you. Baptized Christians, remember your new identity. Don't let this gift sit on the shelf any longer. Come to the table of grace. Put on the mantle now of imitating Christ. Not by my power or your power, but by this gift. Don't fall into the trap of the Galatia church that says you'll make it happen. Remember, it's always God's grace and the promise and gift of faith that he does in you through the power of the Holy Spirit that will make it happen. And remember, it's by his name you are blessed. As we heard in the book of Numbers this morning, we are benedicted every time we gather for worship. You hear that word of benediction. It comes right there from the book of Numbers because of that blessing. What does blessing mean? Pull out your phones. Go ahead. You can do it. No one will get you in trouble. Open them up. Open up your browser and type in, what is blessed? You'll find as you're doing it, you can do it right now. I mean it. You can do it right now. And as you read on your screen, and hopefully it'll pop up soon, maybe as it did for me, that first definition that will come up for what it means to be blessed is holy and consecrated. And maybe later today when you come back to that browser, you'll see that promise of blessing again. That's what Christ's righteousness does. That's what this gift given to us does. He makes us holy and consecrated. Consecrated for what? For his purpose. For this new identity. This gift of being in Christ. 
And as Numbers said, so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. You are blessed by God's promise. You are blessed as the Jesus memo God's word proclaims by the gift of his son, Jesus. So open this gift. Listen to the Jesus memo. Listen to God's word. You have a new identity. Now live like it. And may this gift made possible by the power of the Holy Spirit be made new in you and renewed in you all year long. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.